श्री श्री राजी गोपाल की जाय गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय गौर भक्त वृंद की जाय गौर प्रेमानंदे गुड इवनिंग एनी क्वेश्चन Could you say something more about uh, like what you mean with the term ego effacing? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I use the term to differentiate spiritual paths that have uh, in the least transcendence in the basic sense that we understand it. as the goal hmm? as opposed to many religious ideologies or spiritual outlooks that uh, do not have transcendence as we basically understand it um in mind as a goal So when I say they have transcendence in mind as we understand it I refer to the term that was brought up the other day the perennialist perspective the perennial philosophy so which so traditions which in different ways have uh spoken uh about the same the basic same thing removing the negative hmm? uh to use the, the hindu term karma to remove the karma remove the karma and the karma uh, goes so far of course as to be uh what our individual personality is constructed of hmm? um you can say it constructed of the gunas but the gunas are the influence of nature and our interaction with it brings about karma and so on and so forth so different ways to talk about it but basically probably that term karma is um a good one to use uh so uh but then again i would i, I not every path that uh seeks transcendence in the sense we're talking about would necessarily um use the term karma but i again I, as i said the other day when you get really es- essentially spiritual in any of the great traditions be it uh, buddhism be it uh uh islam christianity different forms of hinduism and so forth um starts to look closer to uh more like hinduism hmm? starts to embrace some of those ideas starts to be open to it in the very least reincarnation for example in, even in christianity there was uh prior to the what was it the council of nicaea or something like that that determined what the orthodox position in christianity was there were a number of different currents following the the christ that were um um Oregon I think was his name was one of the prominent ones um who uh understood Christian reincarnation to be part of the the doctrine of the church and so forth. so at any rate um um so transcendence in a negative sense which is positive undoing re- removing the negative hmm? of course we have a nice verse from bhagavatam um what is that verse um svarupena vastiti what is it mukti ritvanita rupam mukti one of the 10 subjects of the bhagavatam is described mukti ritvanita rupam svarupena vastiti so there's a couple ways to understand it one way is as we're talking about removing the negative the ego 
identification, the attachments, and so forth, and then the positive attainment of a transcendental identity, personality, form, and so forth. Another way to understand the verse is it talks about two types of liberation, formless and with, and, and with form, with form and without form. So, to use a very Gaudiya term, uh, Brahmasayuja, Brahmasayuja, that's the term we use, yeah, Brahmasayuja, uh, as, a for, as, as, as opposed to um, some form of bhakti rasa. Hmm. Um, <coughs> so, uh, in contrast to that, without going into that yet in, in further detail, there are many religious traditions that are, and spiritual outlooks that are uh, very centered on human improvement, human betterment, hmm? and uh, don't seem to have a sense that that the deconstruction of the human sense of self hmm, is uh, essential to being all that there is to be being human. Hmm? In other words, if you come from animal life, as, as we think of it, to human life, well, then you have you have the opportunity, of, greater opportunity for self-reflection and uh, pursuit, systematic pursuit of a of a, uh, a spiritual. I, ideal, <clears throat> and even within Hinduism, we have the poverty marg. So it's the poverty marg that I'm talking about, as it plays out in other places and other cultures and other other traditions that is not ego-effacing. Poverty marg means the path of attainment, acquisition. So, a path that involves adding on, so to speak, something to your life that will now make it complete. Hmm? Not seeing that it needs to be deconstructed. Hmm? That, it, that, that it's, it's the problem, so to speak. Hmm? Um, however, you know, nicely you package it, it's a it's a false identity identity that is um, arising out of our <coughs> desires our attachments mm-hmm. so in the in the in the poverty marg or the karma marg the dharma marg different terms are used for the same thing the varnashram marg it's a uh, it's three quarters <laughs> if you will about acquisition. Hmm? So much so that the, the last quarter is just kind of mukti, about dharma, artha, kama, and as I say, mukti, whispering the fourth. But some people leave the world and do that. Hmm? They live somewhere in the Himalayas or something. We, we respect them, but we don't understand them. They don't talk our language. We, we, um, uh, at, at least, and this is, I would say one of its virtues, at least within the poverty marg of Hinduism, there is a little escape hatch there to, to the nivrti marg. It's properly understood, it's meant to lead to the nivrti marg. Therefore, it's that prior to the, to the Brahma Jignashu that the Bhagavatam speaks about, Tato Brahma Jignashu, which is the first aphorism of the Vedanta Sutra, meaning, now is the time to inquire about Brahman. So probably you say that means human life, but um, there's uh, another an argument to be made that prior to the Dharma, to the Brahma Jignasu, humans make, should make the Dharma Jignasu. So inquire into the path of karma, because you're a human, and human life gives you eligibility for the path of karma. Indeed, an obligation to follow the path of karma. You are under the influence of karma, so there's a, there's a system to it. There's good, there's bad karma, 
There's, a, there's pre prescribed actions for some type of persons, different prescribed actions for others, and so on and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, there's this idea about mukti, but it's, it's, it's kind of pushed to, 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 to the background. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, uh, it's about being religious for artha, for kama, for... Um, security for sense indulgence for being happy and for well going to heaven is the idea right hmm? where, where the sense pleasures are magnified to, to, to such a large degree and life span is so long that it seems like well must might as well be forever I mean if I only lived to be a hundred and there I could live to be ten million or whatever it is I mean then I'll think about it later <laughs> Think about death later, so to speak, right? So it, it it it's it powerfully kind of also puts off mukti in a sense with the perks that it offers. You go to heaven for ten thousand. Well, let me do that for a while. I'll worry about this thing about mukti and conquering death. You know, later on. In fact, I could go there, live for ten million years, come here for a hundred, and go back. You know, <laughs> so. <laughs> So it's a it's a powerful poverty marga. I mean, Krishna says in the Gita, "Trigunya vishaya veda nistrigunya In the second chapter, he tells Arjuna, as he's beginning his discourse on Brahman and the likeness of the Atma to Brahman, which means the difference between you and your psychophysiological sense, egoic sense of self, constituted of your desires and attachments. And so forth. In this life and in previous life, that composite. He says, Trigunya Vishaya Veda. Mostly the Vedas are dealing, Trigunya, three, three, three fourths at least, with this world, within the Gunas, movement within the Gunas. Trigunya Vishaya, uh, Trigunya Vishaya Veda, Nistrigunya Pavarjuna. So he says, forget that part. Now, we're going to Brahma Jignasu. So typically, the inquiry is first Dharma Jignasu, and so that's the Purva Mimamsa. Mimamsa meaning like a discourse. So the discourse, the, the, the first one, the Purva, the prior. And then there's the Uttar Mimamsa, the later inquiry, which is into Brahman. We could say, and after that comes Rasa Jignasu. But we're fortunate that through Sadhusanga, we're making Rasa Jignasu, not even making Dharma Jignasu. But if we make that inquiry and come within the generous path of Prema Dharma, then we should look not so much that where is my Swarup and my Rasa, why isn't it manifesting, but am I becoming religious? Hmm? Am I becoming an ethically and morally sound person? in the context of bhakti, as I should be. Hmm? Those results should be coming, right? Distinguishing myself from the body, that should be coming also. And more is the point, right? So as I was saying the other day, the Gita takes us you know, from karma or dharma, same thing, to niskam karma, to, to jnana, to yoga, to bhakti. So if we take to bhakti by sadhusanga, we should see that the results of nishkam karma or detachment are coming. Wisdom, mystic wisdom is coming, jnana. The ability to meditate, which is central to yoga, jnana, it's all coming within the context of bhakti. Therefore, we don't give entrance into bhakti for those who have faith, which is all required, and then tell them, now go sit under the, um, what's a popular tree here? Huh? The Guanacaste, yeah, and and just chant japa all day long. You're now a Paramahamsa because you're on the Paramahamsa mark. No, that won't that that, that won't work. Mm -hmm. um, so there's eligibility to tread the path, and then within that, there's eligibility on different levels to embrace the practices hmm, of the path as we as we progress. Hmm. So. Uh, you have the pravritti marg, and 
as I say, even in Hinduism. But then you have the same, it's a universal principle, the same idea. You know, we can't get lost in the terms, but what do they mean? So it's religion for material improvement, material security, artha, sense indulgence, happiness, pleasuring, pleasuring of oneself and oneself being a, the senses and mind and so forth, kama, hmm? uh, through dharma, hmm? right? Being, being religious, following the system. Hmm? So, uh, um, there are many manifestations of this idea of religion. Hmm? The karma idea, the dharma idea, hmm? the pravritti mark, that by acquisition, I mean, in the United States, there are many, many people in the Christian tradition who think that we're the wealthiest country in the world and we, therefore we must have the right religion. Obviously, we're not poor, so we obviously have the best religion. And we can sell it by offering a chicken in every pot in South India and see, convert everybody. So, uh, <laughs> so this is uh, just another example. And it gets worse, of course. Uh, and if it gets really good, the Pravriti Marg, well thought out and seriously religious, dharmic, hmm? then, you know, you're going to be so dharmic that even if the dharmic adherence is at the cost of your security and at the cost of your sense pleasure, you will do it anyway. Hmm? Right? Like Ram. He was to inherit the kingdom, but to be dharmic, he allowed himself to be, um, um, what's it called? Uh, banned, hmm. ostracized, at a loss, right? Hmm. So he was so dharmic. So if you get if you become really dharmic, then then you start to you really inquired. You really got. You start to become qualified to inquire about Brahman, because hmm? now you're really, really being a human being, which is to be more than an animal, which can only pursue sense indulgence, hmm? protection of itself, hmm? to do what's right in the larger scheme of things is not within their scope. Therefore, Dharma Jignasu is not for the less complex forms of life. That's why we say, that's what distinguishes human life from the other less complex form of life they can require into religion. Or the more of life. Right? Or the sense they can, they can inquire, so what's the right thing to do? As if there is a right thing to do. There is a right. There is a wrong. This moral sensibility comes with human consciousness, and so then the text, the revealed text, to help us in this this regard and so forth from different cultures. So, in a sense, this religious inquiry. Otherwise, you know, what's the difference between us and animals if it's just use your intelligence to pursue better ways for sense indulgence and to protect yourself? So the religious inquiry really distinguishes us. And then if we make that inquiry seriously and become a human in the full sense of the term, which is very righteous. I give Ram as an example, Yudhisthira as an example. It's like shocking how righteous they were, how, how much they would adhere to the religious principle. Again, even at the cost of their own well-being, it would seem. Or something more, you know, important than that. Then they, what's happening is that they're becoming, within the context of their humanity, in a gradual scheme of things, from the Hindu perspective, qualified to inquire into Brahman. Look at how dharmic Arjuna was. It's no joke. We dismiss his arguments in the first chapter, as Krishna does in the second chapter, in a sweeping way and ridicules him and calls him a fool. 
Hmm. You think you're a pundit, but speaking learned words, but you're actually, what does he say? Uh, you do lament for what is not worth. Yeah, what's the Sanskrit? Sochanam, Sochanam, Pragnavadam, Sabasi. Katasuma, Katasuma, Nanda Sochanti Pandita. What kind of pundit are you? You know, you're a fool, he's saying. He's criticizing him. Hmm. But that doesn't mean that his arguments weren't good from the point of view of Dharma. Hmm? Krishna does, after giving his discourse on, on Atman and Brahman in the second chapter, and, bef- and before launching into the discourse on yoga, the means to realize that insoluble, unkillable, eternal self that you are, that's beyond the right and wrong of the, of the small g moral consideration. Before he does that, for a few verses, he does address the arguments of Arjuna from the point of view of Dharma. Hmm? Gives a few, well, Dharma could be looked at like this, could be looked at like that. And necessarily what you said is not necessarily right from the Dharmic point of view either for that matter. But anyway, that's not our main point, is more or less what he says, yoga. Hmm? But Arjuna is, is quoting from Artha Shastra, Dharma Shastra, this Shastra, that Shastra, all within the perverty marg, hmm? how to conduct oneself properly. He's, he's really a caring person for the community, uh, uh, for humanity. Uh, he's compassionate, noble. I mean, a very religiously qualified person. Hmm? And so Krishna concludes he, he's qualified to inquire about Brahman. In fact, I'll sort of tell him about it even though he hasn't inquired. Hmm? But that's one of the points that, of course, is, is to be understood um, from the first chapter. Um, you know, from there, it, from there it goes into experiential spiritual life, basically. Hmm? The only time it reflects back the Gita on Dharma here and there is to, is to dismiss it. Alpa made us. They're less intelligent. They want to go to the heaven. They're uh, Even up to Brahma's planet, everybody comes back again. Uh, hmm? It's all about now nivritimarg, ego effacing, transcendence, and so forth. So um, this idea, the perverti marg, the karma marg, the dharma marg of religion, without consideration of moksha and brahmajignasu as being the follow through or the the, the the natural, the fruit of actually being perfectly religious. It's said that Brahma is re- perfectly religious within the Varnashram system for a hundred lifetimes. To attain the post of Brahma by karma, you can attain it in other ways. By bhakti, you can attain it. By jnana, you could attain it also. Mm-hmm. But by karma, a hundred lifetimes of perfectly executing the Dharma in the Varnashram system. And so he's really dharmic, that, that kind of Brahma. And in Brahman, in, in Brahmalok, his inquiry is about Brahman. And he goes from there, typically, to Mukti. So another example. So, But uh, and this is kind of the virtue, if you will, of the perverti marg, or the karma marg, within Hinduism. But the same principle of the perverti marg, or the karma marg, is manifest in, in other traditions, and other cultures, and other places of the world, and so forth. And... Um, The idea that in, if there is within that manifestation or expression of the perviti marg some sense of going beyond it all, some sense of attainment in etern- eternality, which all of them hold, I would say, you know, to some extent, right? Um, a nirvana, you know, or a heaven, or whatever, eternal life, and so forth. What that constitutes is rather vague. Hmm? Um, Nirvana, of course, is Eastern. It's, it's a little more developed, and that's coming out of Hinduism. But, um, um, but anyway, and, 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 and Buddhism you know, tends to be more of a nivriti marg, obviously, than a pravriti marg. But um, there are pravriti marg versions of Buddhism also. Chant this and get what you want, and that kind of a thing. 
Um, so uh, uh, in within the Purvati Marg, where where the ego effacing is not the idea, hmm? even when there is a sense that there is a mukti that's attained by being religious, the result of being religious is that you will attain eternal life, hmm? however vague that idea of eternal life may be. In the paths that are not ego-effacing, it's not understood that the it's not you, as you know yourself at the moment, who will be going to heaven, who will be attaining eternal life. Hmm? It's not Joe Smith that's going to be up there with, with Mary Smith. Hmm? Hmm. And Tom and Jane. <laughs> that has that has to be left behind. Oh my goodness. That's ego facing comparatively, right? To leave behind the Tom and the Jane and Tom, Dick and Harry, as they say in their grade school books in English anyway, in the United States. So um, that's there are many paths like that and they don't have a clear idea about that. So from the Gita's point of view, they have a rajasic perspective on the atma, on the soul. It's mixed up with the body and, and or, the, or the emotions. Therefore, you get these kind of responses from those on such perverted marred paths when you talk about reincarnation. You mean, I don't want to be somebody else in my next life. You mean I was a different person in my other life? I don't want to be another person. How could I be, have been a different person? It's a whole, obviously, gross misunderstanding of what is being talked about there. And what's lost in it is that, that there's a sense of self that is false that will not endure even into the next life. What to speak of into eternity. In fact, the Gita talks about it as if to say it's not even enduring within this life. With its famous Dehino Dehino Sminyata Dehe Komara seeking to illustrate the point that we're different as a child, as an adolescent, as 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 as, as, as an elderly, hmm? through the different stages of life, as a different person. You know? And you can talk about it in different ways. Uh, everything's changing, and so on and so forth. It's just a it's just a, it's just a an analogy to help us. Um, you can find faults in the analogy, but that you know, that can be that's so with any analogy. They not they don't prove anything. They just help us help to illustrate the point. Hmm? Something's changing all around us. That's material nature, and something is observing, witnessing. Hmm? And if he wasn't looking, it wouldn't be happening. Also, so the witnesses, the observers, making it happen, and doesn't know. Prakritika yamana nigunai kamani sarvasa angara vimudatma karta hamiti manite the angara the ego the false ego is doing things under the gunas and the self falsely thinks that's me doing that so to unravel that this is this is what Schopenhauer Schopenhauer called the world not. He, he was a German philosopher that had uh, acquaintance with and liking for Hinduism and Buddhism and or, Oriental teachings. Um, he used this term "world not" really to refer to the ankar. It's greatly misunderstood by Western philosophers what he was talking about. They they, they explain his world. We were talking about other examples of this. How there are some interesting statements that are very prominent in the world that are often thought to be supportive of a materialist perspective, but when you look very closely at them, there's reason to believe the person was saying something quite quite the opposite. Hmm? Um, so the world not, I like the term myself, of Schopenhauer. It's, 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 it, it, that term is used in the Bhagavatam. Hmm? What does it say? Nirgranta apirukrama. Hmm? The granta, it means, the, of course we say the granta, the book, it also means not. Hmm? So Sukadev Goswami, Atmaramaschimunayo, near Granta Api Urukrama. He was Atmaram, 
So he was living in that in the joy of the self. What is the joy of the self? Huh. I'm not this body and I'm not the thoughts that pass through my head. Which are all troublesome. Are all, the whole thing's a problem. Problem. If I'm this body, huh, I got problems. I've got to eat. Or eat, I got to get up. I got to move. I got to take from somebody else, and so on and so forth. So, the, bl- the bliss, the drama, the joy of the self, is like a huge relief. Oh. If we can rest peacefully. Anyway, the word Nyagranta. He was beyond books versus why did he study the Bhagavatam? Or the previous verse. He was beyond books. But it also means Nyagranta. He was beyond the ego. He was Atmarama, he was Nyagranta. He had untied the world knot. The knot that what ties us to the world, this identification with the body mind complex. So to untie that, that's 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 the uh, <coughs> to be focused on that, to bring that into the picture is to turn what I say a religious orientation to a spiritual experiential orientation. Because I'll tell you, there's no bliss in matter at all. So you will never experience, if you if you've had some taste of what it, Krishna consciousness is about, some some taste of what the self is, if you if you've wept, if your tears hairs have stood on end, hmm, or you think they they were, maybe that was what it was. <laughs> sure was different. Hmm. You will never experience anything like that by winning the World Cup. This guy, some time ago, maybe a couple years ago, I heard this interview of this guy. Forget what, 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 how it came up, but he had won something like the World Series or something, a Super Bowl or some athletic thing, World Cup or something like that. He was talking how he, he had worked the whole year for that, and he, they got it, and in a minute he, they won, and there was a celebration. And then he said, "Well, what do we do now?" That, that was his experience. What do we do now? You know, and then you know, try to remember it. Watch it on the in the rerun for a couple of couple of days. Have a parade, celebrate, and it's just all from that minute. It's all just going down, back to work, back to zero. Start, and 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 even in its height, it has it has it's categorically different in terms of the joy in the moment from what the, the actual. Pleasure, joy, that, uh, that the self is uh, constituted of. Hmm? We say, therefore, that the pleasure in matter, or the appearance of pleasure in matter, is a result of, of consciousness investing itself within matter. Hmm? Then it appears that the matter is enjoyable because I've invested myself in it, and it's my car, it's giving me pleasure because it's mine. So it's making it happy for you is your investment in it, identification in it, where the consciousness has projected itself into into a material form and then identified it itself with that. Hmm? So as it moves, and happy and sad, uh, it becomes or appears to be to be mine. Hmm? So the bliss of the self, the uh, uh, atmaram, atma, atmananda. Hmm? This is this is like not to be found in the Prariti Marg hmm? until we come to Brahma Jignasu, until we come to the a systematic in the context of Brahma Jignasu, then there's going to be follow through with systematic pursuit of the Atma, of Brahman, of, of Paramatma, of Bhagwan, relative to the tradition and so forth. Hmm? So, no happiness in the Prabhupada Marg. Hmm. You can say, well, 
what are you talking about? They're going to heaven for 10 million years, and, you know, and, and they don't have indigestion there. They can eat as much as they like, you know, and they don't get fat, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, and, it, and it can't, if, if, if the pleasure of Brahman, as Rupa Goswami says, the Ananda of Brahman, altogether cannot compare to a tiny atomic particle of the Ananda in Prem. And you've got to take it down from there. Therefore, I said sometimes, if you take all the pleasure possible to all the different senses of all the different species, and that's a lot of them down here, <laughs> in, this, uh, in the world, and if you could take all that in one big syringe and inject it into yourself, it wouldn't compare to a tiny atomic particle of the pleasure of the Atma, what to speak of Brahman, what to speak of praying. That's where we're going. That's why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the weeping and passing out and what it's doing to him. Never heard of before. Nothing like that seen in the world, in the religious world, religious community, the world over. Any person with such measure, tangible measure of ecstasy. And then Rupa Goswami writing about it. This is Mahabhav. This is Adiruddha Mahabhav. This is Adiruddha Modan Mahabhav. This is Adiruddha, you know, in all these different categories. This is Ruddha Mahabhav. This is, this is Radha. This love for Krishna. Locating it, that ecstasy on the scriptures and, and um, making it, making it accessible. Very extraordinary. Um, so, Uh, the ego-facing paths, they're not many. You know, they're, again, another way to talk about it is the, the perennial philosophy. So as it shows up uh, in different traditions, the mysticism. I mean, I don't know enough, personally, about some of the traditions that outside of mainstream, like Christianity, Islam, you know, you have Mormonism, let's say, you know, a lot of different versions of Christianity. You know, I know something about them, and what, but when you get to, like, Native American or indigenous peoples sitting in a sweat lodge, what's the, what is the one that you're building called? Tempascal. Temascal. Sitting in the Temascal until you get, like, so hot, you're bleeding, practically. Then you go and sweat, and then you just Jump in the Daoji Kund, right? And uh, that, that 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 certainly does something to your your whole physiological system, and then you can get altered states, and uh, and you can and, and you can do tapas and and, be, and nail yourself to things. People do things like this, and and get altered states. I don't call that ego-effacing. Hmm. Those are altered states. But it's not ego-effacing. It's not what we're experiencing. It's not what we're um, in pursuit of and so forth. But, you know, within the different indigenous uh, traditions in different parts of the world, there, there may be traditions that have, an, uh, you know, using different words, obviously, an ego-effacing sense, uh, sensibility. I, I am not, I'm not aware of them. You know, you have more of an animism, which is, which is interesting in today's world. The term animism, of course, as I'm referring to it now, refers to traditions that deify nature. And, we also do that. So there's, there is animism within Hinduism, so to speak. We deify nature. But we don't stop there. So they tend to stop there. But the term is interesting today because sometimes it's being used now by persons to argue um, against mechanism. Mechanism 
we should do away with that mechanism and now speak of animism. Hmm? Educated people in, in the, in the mind-brain argument hmm, sector, what is consciousness and so forth, who, who have kind of come to the conclusion that consciousness is primal. Hmm? Matter is secondary. It arises out of it. Hmm? I heard a very famous um, uh, scientist and philosopher say the other day, the sun is conscious. That's my view, he said. Animism, not mechanism. Hmm? Mechanism meaning that there's just a machine that just just working on its own. I mean, I don't know any machines that work on their own, but <laughs> they think the whole world's a machine and it's just working very efficiently or whatever. Um, so it was interesting for me to hear him posit that term. I liked it in that sense. But then in, a, in, a, in, a, in terms of indigenous cultures, shamanism and so forth, there's the um, animating of nature, in the words, giving, giving the trees and rocks and souls and uh, spirits uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, that would appear, from what little I know of those different traditions, more of a preoccupation with the subtle subtle matter. Hmm. Um, but, again, I'm not familiar with all those traditions. At any rate, um, difference between ego-effacing and kind of perpetuating the uh, ego or putting off the ego death through through acquisition and uh, uh, improving one's material or apparently, this is his thought, material position. So among the ego-effacing paths, there, there's, there's few, and I look at them as the, and as the, the as the perennialist would, the, the esoteric versions of Christianity, the esoteric versions of Islam, the esoteric versions of Hinduism, hmm? of, of, uh, uh, they would include Buddhism in there. Now I began this by saying, Ego-facing paths are those that agree in a basic sense with us about transcendence. Hmm. That there's there's more to life or that enlightened life hmm, constitutes deconstructing the individual sense of self. So Buddhists would agree with this. Most of them are no self, you know, embrace a no self doctrine. Right? And the Nuitans, no self. And we say there's also, there's a false self, it should be done away with, and so forth. So we're all, we're all, there we're all talking about the same thing, and that's the ego self. So they're all ego-effacing. They all have a have a, have a, a an idea that 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 the basic idea that enlightened life, the meaning of life, the purpose of life, the goal of life, is to transcend the ego. Now that said, of course, I don't think that all of the ego-effacing paths go more than or beyond simply facing the ego, because in our tradition. You can efface the ego and become self-realized, and not Marama, but still not enter into Brahman. Hmm? You, you, that means to get a passport, but you need a visa hmm? to go to Brahman, to go to Paramatma, to go to Bhagavan. This is our perspective. And of course, that's the perspective of the sacred texts, understood from the Bhakti point of view, which is a good argument can be made, which is, is what they're actually saying. Grace is required, hmm? right? I've told this before. It's worth repeating that there's a long argument and, and very interesting in, in Brihad Bhagavatamrita, where Gopal Kumar is, I think he's gone to Bhakunta or somewhere nearby, and, uh, and there's a debate between different scriptures personified, hmm? certain Upanishads that advocate. Uh, 
the oneness between Atma and Brahman, and then the Gopaltapani and Upanishads like this that are advocating bhakti, which would be a development of that idea as we understand it, the former idea. Yes, there's a likeness between ourselves and Brahman, but there's a difference too, right? So, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot, good part of the discussion is jnana or bhakti, which is more efficacious. And at a certain point, as Nathan Goswami in his commentary give, gives in and says to the argument, yes, it's true. You can attain self-realization or efface the ego by jnana. That's true. Without bhakti. I would call it a Socratic sadhana. You could kind of think your way out of thinking if you were well thought out enough. To the, the limits of knowing by thinking and, and so um, without bhakti. You know, it's a very fine use of intelligence. You can discriminate between matter and consciousness in the full sense of the term and act accordingly, which is not to act. <laughs> right? Hmm? So, it's possible to attain that without bhakti. But then Sanatan goes, but so what? So you came in second. Hmm? In other words, so you went all the way up except to the last rung of the ladder and never attained transcendence itself. You are a unit of transcendence, that's true, the Atma. Hmm? But but you're not you're you're not living in the world of consciousness hmm? proper. That requires some bhakti. So he caves the whole argument, it crashes down, you know. And the efficacy of bhakti is of course extolled and then the bhakti shastras win out. Hmm. So, um, so there may be paths, um, there are some, that are ego-effacing, and we embrace them. But then at the finer look, we say, but there's more to transcendence and actually attaining it in the full sense of the term than simply effacing the ego. But that, that's a big part of it, right? So, of course, um, it's complicated in bhakti because... In the bhakti tradition of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we're effacing the ego in the context of, or the ego identity, in the context of giving rise to another identity. Both things are going on simultaneously. We're deconstructing the false ego by having an aspiration, for example, for being a gopa or a gopi, as that's and properly understanding that ideal. So that's a very powerful aspiration, as I've often said, and Krishna says in Bhagavatam, tells the gopis, people approach me for eternal life, they approach me for going to heaven and all kinds of things. They approach me to worship me, but the way you approach me, that's a whole different thing. I'm purchased by that. Hmm? So, point being that if you want to become a gopi and you understood what that means, Krishna says, whoa, come on over here. There's not many people like you. And you like gopis. You like gopas. I'm, I'm made out of their love. Their love and me are are, are, are non-different, are one and different. That's your interest. Everybody wants something else. Something else. They want things. They want eternal life. They want to, sit, to live on the planet of God. But do you want this? So it's attractive to Krishna. So it's central to our practice. Of course, we have to have a proper idea of what that means to be a gopu or a gopi, and then what we need to do to go there. But having understood it properly, that's central hub to our sadhana. It's moving around that, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, we're, we're taking the next step where we have to take. Mm-hmm. We're not putting on a, on a turban and a, uh, you know, <laughs> or a sari, you know. Yeah, so, so we've understood it properly. But um, 
Point being what? That we're deconstructing the false ego, effacing it, by a positive effort to um, um, attain an identity in Krishna Lila. We have that capacity. We have that potential. We understand that our present ego sense of self is, is a result of be, in being invested in the Maya Shakti. If we invest in the Swarup Shakti, the Bhakti is constituted of, we'll get an identity that arises out of that. The difference between those two identities is, is considerable. Hmm? Because the identity that arises out of investing myself as a unit of consciousness in Bhakti has a likeness to me because it's constitutive consciousness. It's chit. This material identity is achit. It doesn't have any pleasure in it. But your spiritual body will. <laughs> you understand? Just like you are a unit of pleasure, well, the spiritual body that you will be blessed with and attain to participate in the leela, it's not like a material body. It doesn't have any pleasure in it only because you think it's yours. And it's an illusion that it has pleasure in it. This is something that 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 gift of a of a of a bhakti swarup is like way beyond atma, atmananda. Therefore, therefore, it's said the at the ananda. There's two types of mukti, formless and with a form. In the last adhyaya, the last chapter of Vedanta Sutra, and. The latter, with form, is much more desirable because there, there's bhakti rasa. The ananda is again. We go from the ananda of Brahman to the ananda of Prem. So we deconstruct the one identity by constructing, so to speak, another one by developing attachment for Krishna, for a particular form of Krishna, and then we learn how to worship that form of Krishna. Um, we hear about his abode and so forth. We hear his instructions and take them to heart and so on. And so what's happening is, it's, it's interesting, is, is of course that the, the, the false self is being deconstructed and a real self is being constructed. So it's, it's hard to look and see. Let's say I've been doing that for a yuga or two. Hmm? And it may take that just to go from one stage to another. Hmm? Not three lives, it might take three yugas. <laughs> That's why it's important to know the philosophy. And you think, well, it's going to take so long, maybe I should give this up, what, and be a materialist? <laughs> they have no meaning? That doesn't make any sense. So find joy in the, in, in the practice. Hmm? And there's a lot to be had there. Hmm? And so, but the point I'm making is, so I meet so-and-so who's been practicing for, for some lifetime, has been influenced by bhakti, and his self is partly a false ego, and it's partly a real, a real ego. Hmm? He or she may have desires, likenesses, that are, that are, are, res- are resulting from their, their bhakti scars. And the tendencies, and so forth. Hmm. It brings to mind another th- another point, which is interesting. We say we have to remove the material samskaras and replace them with bhakti samskaras, and we replace the material samskaras by getting bhakti samskaras. That's that's true, <coughs> and bhakti samskaras will form our personality. But it, it's also indirectly possible that material samskaras may also influence. We tend to not emphasize this point for good reason. But let's say, based on your material samskaras, you like one guru over another guru, and one guru is teaching about
Rag Bhakti, and one is talked is in the Ramanuja Sampradaya talking about Aishvarya Bhav. Hmm? So you don't you haven't figured out which that all that stuff, but you like this one based on your material samskars. Hmm? You're drawn to something in him or her, and then so that's a remote kind of indirect way. Hmm? Another thought, just 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 some interesting thought, but. <laughs> Typically, we say it's the removal of the material samskars is, is, is well, it, ultimately, that, that's required. Hmm? Um, but let's talk about inherency of bhakti, because this is kind of coming up in, in, in the discussion. Is bhakti inherent? Well, if, if you got bhakti in the previous life, then it's, in, it's within you now, right? Hmm? The samskars are, are there. There's never a time when the jiva is somehow not under the influence of material samskaras, and I don't think I better go into that. That's a, so anyway, ego-effacing is uh, is uh, something like that, <laughs> right? And we do it in bhakti in a very interesting um, way that's very user-friendly comparatively. To other traditions, but you know, uh, uh, at the same time, uh, the uh, there is the with regard to the effort, there is the the understanding in the context of my sadhana and practice that this should be retired. This is what this is. This is a material samskara that keeps coming back and taking me here and doing this to me. And this is what I have to work on. That's why I say we have to focus where we are. I want to become a gopa. And now I'm doing this. That doesn't like add up. So why am I doing this? Like somebody else, it's almost like somebody else is doing it. If, at least beginning it'll, it'll be like you. But after a while it'll be like somebody else is coming and doing that. Arjuna asks this question in the Gita. He says... Why are we compelled? Why am I compelled to do things even against my own will? Well, what's that all about? And Krishna says, "Well, that's what lust is. Lust is, in a, you know, in a broad sense here, just not necessarily just in a sexual sense, but the lust for things. And it, it, it means that how we have been influenced and how we've been moving in the world for for lifetimes, for acquisition, like so." And, 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 and of course, it's particular in different persons. So we have some scar for somebody says some scar for drinking. Somebody says some scar for something else. And and in the context of bhakti, we want to see: Are these things going away? And after a while, we realize that's somebody else doing that. It's not me. It's actually that's actually this other thing that's not rooted in in my atma, but I'm bundled up with it, and it's acting. It's doing this. And it's it's unbecoming for me, and so there there the only way to retire these things, the only way to remove material samskaras is through sadhana, sadhana of gyan or yoga or bhakti. So when you become aware of it, understand it, then you have to make effort to retire it, and you have to see it. It comes. Up. It's just like any, like somebody's addicted, right? So you, you can't give it an inch, or it'll take a mile. You know, I'm past that now. And then it comes, the thought comes. You think about it for next thing you know, you're doing it. Then you're done. And you're, what am I doing that for? Um, it, this shows up a little more with crude examples of behavior, the patterns, for example, that uh, that we might be. Um, um, uh, you know, come into this life with, and, and and so on. And you can do sadhana for a long time, long time, even in bhakti, for a long time, in an environment where those samskaras have no scope for showing their face. And then Gurudev sends you to town. <laughs> and you see, they're still there. Oh, goodness, it's been ten years. It's, it's, the samskara is still there. Better get back to the temple. <laughs> It's uneasy to so the work is 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 considerable hmm? ego effacing uh, so it's open season on the, on the, 
hunting season on the eagle. You have to slay it. And so point being, this is user-friendly, and we do it in the way I'm talking about. It's very <coughs> nice to think about Krishna, to understand the philosophy and uh, chant and so forth, but you know this is this is the, this is this is the uh, the, uh, uh, the part of the work at hand. Hmm? To, you have to leave your shoes at the door. As I sometimes say, you can't come into temple with your shoes on. So you see, I got I can't take these things with me. And after a while, you know that's what that's the one of the advantages of hearing regularly the Bhagavatam, good discourse, and so on and so forth. Because these things come up, and then it's just it's it's apparent. And then you get some strength from that. To, Make the effort and make a change and incorporate into your life a point that you know you should and leave behind. So, there's some work to do. Before you weep, you got to sweat. you got to perspire. Make, make effort. And effort to get grace, of course, but make a considerable effort. Does that help? Thank you. The reply was wonderful. The only thing I'm left thinking is that, considering what you said, it seems to me... Is there any hope? (laughs) Well, even at the best of days, like getting to the level of being dharmic seems Mm -hmm. a bit of a challenge in my own life. Yeah, well, you know what to do then. (laughs) You know what your challenge is. But, you know, we, we, you know, that, uh, yeah, it's it's a challenge. But, um, you know, stay... Stay in the ballpark, so speak. Stay connected. One day you'll hit a home run. <laughs> stay, keep coming up the bat, keep swinging, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Anything else? Gormaraj, I want to ask a, a question related to this. You say that you have to give up these things. Well, as these things come, say you're trying to give up something, some bad habit. That's not favorable to bhakti. Yes, yeah. and. At what point do we decide, now I'm trying too hard to hold back, I'm, I'm suppressing it? And at what point do you, when, when does the, the deciding to just let it go and, and okay, raise your hands up and say, I can't resist and, and give in? And, and how long are you, are you going to hold back and, and okay, chant? And, well, uh, you know, it's uh, hard to give a one answer to that. It's 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 um, might be different for different persons, and, and for that matter, with regard to different different things. Some things you should let go of right away. Um, um, uh, but um, it, you know, it kind of depends what it is. Some things may be actually immoral and something might be offensive something might be kind of innocent but it's a distraction hmm? right so there's a gradation there there could be a difference and um, yeah I think you make you know more effort and get more serious with regard to the things that are that you that are, you can you can conclude are wrong on any number of levels. They're not even good for you. Hmm. Let's say like taking intoxication. It's not good for you. Hmm. And you don't have to go go to read the Bhagavad Gita to figure that out. Hmm. Um, so tamaguna things, for example. There may be Rajaguna distractions, and there may be Sattva, so it'll be different, right? For different things. Um, and then with regard to things that are less um, harmful, let's say, um, you know, you might, there's a, there often, I would say there's a skill to, to, to doing sadhana. So, one has to see that if I forego this, I'll be thinking about it all the time anyway, so maybe I should, you know, not be artificial and cut myself off from that, because it's not going to compute out into 
time spent in in practice. It's going to you know go through the motions, but my mind will be somewhere else. So there may be something to be said for that and being skillful enough to um, navigate the course, so to speak. Um, And you can get help from guidance from other senior Vaishnavas and so forth with regard to particular things and so but but you know, I I I I would I'd like to conclude on that point with the the verse of I'm often very generous, but the, the, the verse of Narada is, is, is very inspiring when he says, Chaktvasa Dharmam Charam Bhujamaraya. He says, Go for it. And even if, if what, what if you give everything for the path, and then you, you, out of immaturity you, you, you find you fall, and he said, "Well, you're still better off because you went that far down, and you pick yourself up where you left off eventually, mm-hmm. rather than don't go." There's nothing gained there. So to put it in another way, nothing risked, nothing gained. If you take a risk for bhakti, nothing's lost. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you took a risk for bhakti. And immaturely positioned yourself in a position that's not good for you as a spiritual leader or something like that, then it can be a problem for for others, but that's not an issue that you're dealing with, <laughs> right? So that help? Okay, all right. I think we'll stop there. Shishidaji Gopal ki jai. Guri Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai. Gaur Bhakti Vrindu ki jai. Gaur Premanande. Shri Guru Maharaj ki jai.